of your radio until he's done speaking. It would be rude. Bob McCowan in primetime sports is on the air on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hour number two of the program for this uh, Monday, the 14th of April, 2014. It's Canada's most listened to sports talk show. It's primetime on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Networks, coast to coast. Bob McCown, Stephen Brunt in our Toronto studios. Tim Lewicki, president of MLSE and CEO, will uh, join us in a few minutes. Uh, John Paul Morosi of Fox Sports. Is Kiprios going to be with us? And Nick Kiprios will uh, join us as well. Jim Houston has been bumped to tomorrow. Well, Brunt? Well, it's a big day here. Big day in uh, in the center of the another earth. big day another big day. They, they're only big days here, but this is a this is a big big. Day. <laughs> Every two or three or four years, we have one of these big days. Yes, that's correct. They they are predictable. Yep. Um, so uh, here is uh, the um, the next guy for the. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's very generous. I like that. Toronto next. Maple Leafs. Well, it, it is a fact that um, this organization has um, you know made moves multiple moves over the years in order to try and find that level of success that has been um, absent for about 20 years. I think, you know, although there have been no Stanley Cups in the early 90s, this organization would look like it was in pretty good shape, had a bunch of good teams. People tend to kind of forget that occasionally. Yeah. So it's not been absent for 50 years. Cups have been absent for 50 years, but there have been some good teams uh, put together um, that couldn't quite get over the hump, but nonetheless were uh, of quality performance. No light shines more brightly in this country than on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and on our next guest. He's the new president and now alternate governor of the Maple Leafs. Brendan Shanahan is uh, with us. Uh, I need not tell you the history of this franchise and where it's been, Brendan. Um, you grew up in Toronto. You obviously are well aware of it. Uh, does it make the job more attractive, more inspiring, or does it? Did it give you pause to think about it when Tim Lewicki first approached you? I would say, quite honestly, all of the above. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, I think that uh, uh, when you you know how important something like this is, uh, we'll put it this way: I, I I think that there would probably be a lot of people that if Tim offered this position to, they would just say yes and figure out the details later. Uh, the one thing I, I I really wanted to know if I had some questions for Tim, and I really wanted to know just uh, the level of commitment and, and the ability to uh, truly have an opportunity to do things and not necessarily just be a, a figurehead or, as you guys uh, so politely uh, introduced me, the next uh, person. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Uh, if I'm going to do a job, I want to do a job, and I want to have some teeth to it. And, uh, you know, I was convinced of that. And so the next part is then, yes, someone coming from here who knows how important it is to the people um, and what it would mean to the people if you can get back in that category of uh, there's a small group of teams that year after year um, have the ability to win a cup. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get yourself into one of those six or eight teams consistently year after year. Uh, there are no guarantees in hockey, but that's where you want to be. You want to be somebody that can at least fight for it and compete for it. Um, in, in in terms of that discussion with Tim Lewicki, Brennan, when you were talking about taking the job and and what you know, what the mandate was and and uh, 
One of the things that occurred to me watching the press conference today and seeing you sitting there next to Dave Nonis, and I'm no axe to grind with Dave, but I just wondered, was keeping him as general manager a precondition of taking this job, or was it a discussion point with Tim while you were deciding to accept the job? No, it wasn't a precondition. I I, I think that, uh, you know, Obviously, we're in Toronto, so people uh, know a lot about the game and have various opinions, and people can have their opinions on, on Dave. Mine was that, that I can work with him and that in some ways uh, we can complement each other. I think that, uh, you know, I like some of the things that he's done. Uh, I've, I've always thought that he was a good person to work with. He has really good relationships with other general managers in the NHL, and that's, that's important. You want to have somebody that uh, people pick up the phone for. So um, I just think that uh, he's a hardworking guy. Uh, he's been in this, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been in a, in a very difficult situation. I think that uh, I'm hoping that I can give him some support. So the second, okay, the second half of that question then is everybody, again, talking about the team today, Tim, Tim Lewicki talking about it, you talking about it, Dave Nona's talking about it. Everybody understands that what happened this year is unacceptable and that there is a problem, whether it's culture or leadership or talent or some combination of the above. You know, so since the team this year wasn't good enough and everybody understands the change has to be made, where does the buck stop for the 2013-2014 Toronto Maple Leafs? Who's responsible for that? What do you mean, where does the buck stop? Well, because you know, the, the general manager is going to stay and he, his fingerprints are on the team to a degree. Um, there's a coach and there's players. I guess those are the other three layers. Who's responsible for the fact this team wasn't good enough or that the culture wasn't healthy enough for them to succeed this year? Well, I find it very difficult to come in and necessarily comment about their team this year. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't around whether they had success or, or not, or, or didn't have success. Um, it's sort of presumptuous and for me to uh, start talking about, you know, how it all went. Um, I would say more importantly, going forward, um, look, when, when you win, everybody gets credit, and when you lose, everyone should share the blame. Um, I think that you know we we just want we want to create a, a culture of a team and a, a team that sort of uh, takes care of one another. Um, and, and obviously, success is hard to have in the NHL. Uh, you know, otherwise every, everybody would do it. <laughs> There's 30 teams that are trying to do what we're trying to do as well. Um, and I think that. You know, as far as accountability, I, I would want everybody to feel, uh, A, responsible if we had success. And I also think everybody should feel responsible if we don't. With Brendan Shanahan, the new president, alternate governor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. During your conversations, Brendan, with Tim in anticipation of uh, taking this job, I would assume that at some point he asked you for an evaluation of the organization. But also, um, what's your plan, Brendan? How would you, what kind of an idea do you have in terms of the this job and this job description? Um, and what um, what is that? Well, he he did, um, and the answer I gave him, the answer I'll, I'll tell you is I I have some thoughts on different players and 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 the team, but I would have to to do my do- job well. I would have to know a lot more and learn a lot more. Uh, I'm in the process of doing that. Uh, I don't think it's fair to share my thoughts, uh, you know, yet. Um, and I, I also think that this is something that we have to we have to craft uh, a game plan uh, going forward. I, I don't think it's something that I would walk in 
for any organization and say, uh, well, here it is. I've, I've, I've written it all out. I've mapped it out. I know I've never been here before. I've just met the players for the first time, but, uh, here's how it goes. That, that would be a great soundbite today. And, uh, it would probably make a lot of people happy. I think it, it probably wouldn't really mean anything. Um, today is just about getting to work, get, you know, really starting at, 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 sitting down and going through the entire organization top to bottom and then figuring out, uh, I know that it's a really uh, bad day here to be a Leaf fan. I know that that there's a huge disappointment at the end, especially the way it it went. Um, But when I talk to people who I respect in hockey and I've spoken to them over the last several years about their jobs, uh, they all talk about making you know, improvements. How do I get 5% better? How do I get 10% better? Because quite frankly, that's the difference between missing the playoffs or not missing the playoffs or home ice advantage as opposed to home ice uh, not having it. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Just how are we going to get better? Uh, And that plan isn't established yet. And, and I don't know that I'd necessarily share it as we're doing, as we're talking about it. We, we've already talked about it today. Uh, certain things, but I don't think we're in a position to share it. Um, is there a difference, Brendan, in analyzing a team that missed the playoffs the way this team did as opposed to any other team who stru- who scuffled along during the course of the year, never really being in a playoff position, um, and ultimately wound up being about what you would have expected them to be? I think it was quite honestly as heartbreaking as as it was for the players and, and the fans to go out this way. There's there's probably more promise to, uh, you know, the fact uh, that it was in some ways uh, uh, such a difficult defeat, um, and it wasn't just sort of like, hey, we are who we are, um, and, and it also potentially should reveal. Uh, certain issues that we're going to try and address and fix. I know we say it sounds like we we keep asking the same question in different ways, but that's because that's right. because we are. Yeah. What's your plan? What's your plan? <laughs> well, here's. I get it. But as a guy, um, not speaking as the guy who was going to become the president of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but as somebody who's you watch hockey, you're in the game, like everybody everybody else who watches hockey. When you watch this team this year, are you surprised that the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't make the playoffs? Well, the, the reality is, I am the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, so so there are certain things that I. If I'd uh, asked you that three weeks ago and said, <laughs> Brandon, what do you think? You think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs? What would uh, you have said? I would have said, uh, as an employee of the league, it's inappropriate appropriate for me to talk. <laughs> it's about like a, that. okay, so this is a double bind we're in now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, look, I, probably some of the things that jump out at some people are some of the things uh, you know uh, that jumped out at me as well. Certain questions that that obviously people are talking about. Um, but I, uh, like I said, uh, to me now, it's uh, I have a responsibility to get get uh, some of these answers um, to do my best to support the people who work here uh and that that includes dave that includes the coaching staff that includes the players um and again just become part of this team and try to help um people will refer and have already i just spent an hour on the telephone with uh, lee fans and um the issue of the detroit red wings and the way they have been built and uh, have maintained a level of success for more than two decades constantly comes up you are certainly familiar with the Detroit situation and attached to it. What, from your understanding and knowledge and experience of the Red Wings system, 
can be brought over to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is there something tangible there? Well, I, I think from my experience there, they, they obviously they, they, they draft well. Um, uh, they, they build through their system. It's, it's really not a terribly unique uh, formula. It's not, it's not a, a real secret. They, they, have, uh, they've, they, they do have people talk about culture. Um, they, they have created a culture where their best players work the hardest, where the, po- the players police themselves. They're a mature group, even though they're young. Um, there's a, a history and a tradition, and and the the reality also is that it wasn't always that way. You have to give a lot of credit to a guy like Steve Eiserman, uh, who we all sort of came in, and, and and he was our captain, and 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 we supported him, and we sort of followed him. Um, I think that the best type of dressing room to be in is one in which there's a, a mature group of pros, and you don't have to be. It doesn't mean you have to be a player in your 30s. Uh, just a mature group of pros that police themselves. Uh, that's something that a, a, a team and a player should strive toward. Uh, selflessness. Um, these are some of the uh, attributes that that uh, players seem to go to certain cities, and uh, it, it might not work out in some places, but they come to this city and suddenly it, they they put the team first. Uh, they're selfless. Uh, these are all characteristics of some of the better organizations that I've 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 worked with, uh, that I've worked for, and that I watch right now in the NHL. Um, you didn't use the word leadership specifically, I don't think there, but I, I think you you sort of referred to it, and it's intriguing to Leaf fans because one of the criticisms of there have been many, but one of the criticisms of this team as constructed is a question of leadership. Who is the guy that the other guys look up to, look for um, in key situations, trust, respect, etc., etc. There's There are talented players here, some less talented players here, but it's unclear who the guy is. It sounds to me like you need to and believe you have to find that guy. Well, I, I think that... I think that- I also want to remind people that sometimes those are the same questions that are asked in other organizations and, and uh, uh, there are question marks put on individuals and on, on an entire group uh, until they win. And then suddenly that, that goes away. And uh, I can say some of the better leaders in, in the uh, – I've been around a while, some of the better leaders in the history of the game – uh, you know, until they won, unless they won in their rookie year or in their second or third year, there were, you know, people sometimes said that about the Oilers back in the day. Ah, they're just a bunch of great goal scorers that want to have fun until they started winning, and then they were they were winners. And uh, it's an attractive thing for players um, it, to to win because it makes a lot of things go away, a lot of talk and a lot of speculation. Uh, winning is a great cure-all. I want to ask you about another organization that you have some knowledge of, the New Jersey Devils, which is you know, a, a slightly different construct. Um, the, 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 Lou Lamorello has been there uh, since Moses, and him and Martin Brodeur are the two points of continuity, but players have come and players have gone. Coaches have come and coaches have gone. And by and large, they, they've had a consistent... They have a consistent culture, and they've been consistently successful. Um, what do you take from Lou and what he's done there? Well, I, I think that Lou is always just, you know, he, he is a model of consistency himself. And, uh, you know, he, he sees 
a certain way that things should do, and not all players uh, want to play there or necessarily can play there, can can fit into his dis- his, his uh, expectations of, of discipline. Um, and I think the one thing that I always uh, felt good about when I was there was you knew who was in charge, uh, you you knew where the buck stopped, uh, and you knew that he was hardworking. And and to me. Uh, Hockey players are smart, uh, perceptive guys, uh, more so that they, they, they watch, they learn, they can pick up on little things that the dressing room and the ice are two places in which, you know, people don't fool each other. And I think that that's something that they always felt, uh, when you look at New Jersey in their heydays was, um, their general manager was a hardworking guy and, and he didn't take shortcuts. And, and so when he's asked that and demanded that from his players, uh, they gave that. Um, it, you've been at the job for six hours, so um, what have you done so far? Clear, yeah, yeah. What have you done? What have you done so far? <laughs> uh, uh, and clearly, we, we're, we we understand that. Um, I would think, though, that one of the topics of discussion, and certainly the topic of discussion outside of your appointment, is the future of Randy Carlisle as the coach of the hockey club. I don't expect you to give me a definitive response to that, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for some general comments on what Randy was able to accomplish or not accomplish, um, especially this past year. Well, I, I like Randy as a person, and, and I think he's a talented coach. But I, but I also think that uh, you know what's very important is for Dave and I to sit down and go through the entire organization and, and talk about them from top to bottom and um, you know how we can improve. And, and, and so that's, that's not just uh, an assessment of Randy, um, but he falls under that category. Uh, when a season ends like this, whether I came here or not, I think that that would be an assessment that would take place. So that that will happen. It'll happen for a lot of clubs uh, this summer. But I do think he's a talented man and a talented coach and a Stanley Cup winner. Real quickly, uh, it is traditional that um, uh, there are exit discussions at the end of a season, uh, usually with the coach and with the general manager. Is there any chance you will uh, talk to players before they uh, depart for parts unknown? I already did. I uh, went uh-huh. down there today and... Uh, and uh, got a chance to sit with um, about half of them, and uh, you know, it's uh, and I'll probably reach out to some more uh, throughout the summer. Uh, it's it's a tough day. I, I I've been in their uh, shoes on days like today, and um, it, it is uh, it's it's a very difficult day when, you know, regardless of when your season has ended, when you know that you haven't uh, met the expectations uh, of the people that support you. Um, you know, it, it's very difficult. So there's there's only so much you can say on a day like today. And, and then, uh, you know, but we did have some meetings. I did have some meetings. And I plan on having some more throughout the summer, maybe visiting guys wherever they live and just checking in on them. Uh, Brandon, um, to say welcome to Toronto would be uh, a little stupid since you're a Toronto guy. But um, we wish you good luck with the job. And uh, presumably we'll have an opportunity to chat on numerous occasions uh, over the years. Uh, congratulations on the new position, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Brendan Shanahan, the new president and alternate governor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you would expect him to keep his cards pretty close to the vest. Yes. And um, if if he didn't, you would have been very surprised, and he didn't surprise us. I think that's well put. Yes, exactly. It's day one. Um and it's there's a lot of uh, there's a, this is there's a lot of learning still to be done here. I think, um, and I don't 
yeah, I didn't think there was going to be a headline-making announcement today about anybody. It was, but it was an interesting thing, Bob, watching that press conference and seeing him sitting there with Dave Nonis. You know, this is Dave Nonis's team. It's sort of still Brian Burke's team a little bit, but it's Dave Nonis's team. And, uh, you know, to have a, have people standing up and saying, we got to change this and we got to change that. And the culture has to change when you have the architect of the team sitting there. That's that's different. Well, I think if the architect of the team wasn't sitting there, then you'd be questioning whether the architect of the team is still going to be the architect. Which is a reasonable question. Which would have been a very If all those things are questions. true. Yeah, if all those things are true. Are you surprised that Dave Nonis is uh, going to be retained? I think they need a general manager because Brendan's not the general manager yet. He's not. I think you need a guy who's done that job being the general manager. No, but Brendan Shanahan could have gone out. He could have got his own guy. I, I always think, and we've talked about this leading up to it, Bob, I think it's always going to be tricky. You know, Dave Nonis has worked for other people, with other people. He worked for a rather strong guy in Brian Burke. Mm-hmm. So he may be quite comfortable sliding into that role with somebody else as the as the face of the team, you know, wh- whatever else is entailed in that job of being president. Um, Brendan is not going to answer this question, but I'll ask you. Do you think Brendan Shanahan will put his stamp on this team in terms of its players' talent? I, I, I would say yes, but yeah, you know, if you ask me how, that's a much more difficult question. You know, you're not going to blow this thing. It's hard to blow a team up in the in the in this in the system, in this economic system. It's hard to go down and say, "Get rid of this guy. Get rid of this guy. Let's go out and get a bunch of other guys." You can, there's things you can do, but a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of the things we're talking about realistically take time. You know, the evolution of a franchise, which is in terms of drafting and developing players and all that stuff, you know, that's long term. Whereas I think what everybody's focusing on that right now is short term. Who's going to be the captain? You know, how this culture that everybody talks about, how do you... Do you think there'll be a change in captain? I, th- I think that's one of the things you can do that's relatively simple. It's just take that off one guy and hand it to another. Do I think it makes a difference necessarily? Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think everybody in the room knows who the influential guys are, whether they have a C on their chest or not. You know, I think the one thing Brendan said there, which is, in, is that you can't fool guys in a dressing room. I think that's true. I think everybody looks around and they say, okay, we, we know who the leaders are on this team. And we probably know where, if there's an issue there, um, we probably know that as well. Uh, do you subscribe to the, um, the theory that, you know, years ago, the captaincy was something that was, um, the responsibility of the players. They actually voted for yep. their captain. Um, is there merit in that? I think there is because, again, I think they know. And I think maybe it's not as obvious. You know, as I think from the outside, everybody says, well, it's going to be the best player, right? It's got to be the best player has got to be the captain. But, you know, George Armstrong wasn't the best player. And not to get, By far, not no. to get really old here, but George Armstrong wasn't the best player in the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, but he, he was, was captain, captain for, for a long, long time. time. And that tells you what some of those guys in the room thought of him. Right. Tim Lewicki is the president and CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. He joins us now. Tim? And George Armstrong's still a very good man. Darn right. He is indeed. How are he you, is, Mr. Lewicki? He's an amazing guy. How are you, Mr. Lewicki? Uh, long couple of weeks, but all good. Can't complain. Uh, the process of making a decision on um, bringing in a president, um, I gather it, you, know, you had this on your agenda almost since day one when you came to Toronto. Um, did you talk to a lot of people? No. Did you talk to more than one? Yes. Oh, we're going to have short answers, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Bob. Keep going. 20 questions. <laughs> uh, number one criteria in your mind uh, before you started these conversations? 
leadership, character, vision. Um, what is what was it about Brendan Shanahan after you met him that made you realize that this was the guy you were going to choose? Uh, one, I think he understood the magnitude of uh, the task. Two, he understood but what happens if we're successful and the impact here. And three, and I saw it today, and it made me feel extremely good about the decision we've made. When he walked into the locker room today, everybody, their eyes tor- turned towards him. It was, you, you saw instant respect, some in awe, uh, but the, the man is a Hall of Famer, and he got everybody's attention. And when he spoke, uh, everybody listened and took every word in. And then he had some one-on-ones with guys today. And, again, if you're a young kid and you're sitting down with Brendan Shanahan and he's giving you advice on how you got to get better and, and things you need to do to improve, and, and you're getting that from a Hall of Famer, uh, it's a whole different game. And I think we needed that. Tim, if the Leafs had squeaked into the playoffs, when would you be hiring a president? Uh, as soon as we were done with the playoffs, it wouldn't have changed. We were committed. We just had this window uh, where we had to ultimately make a decision and, and do it quickly due to the fact he had a conflict. And if I didn't catch him in this window, we were going to have to wait till June. So that would have happened. Even if you guys won the Stanley Cup this spring, you still would have been announcing a president after that. Yep. Uh, I would have been a lot happier, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to clarify... Um, the decision to make this announcement now, obviously it's two days after the regular season ended, but um, you could you have um, made a decision on Brendan Shanahan and had him not take over until June or July? I, I think it would have been hard because there are decisions then that are being made by uh, Dave Nonis and his team that uh, Shani was going to inherit. Maybe some of those decisions he agreed with, maybe some he wouldn't agree with. And I I felt it was important for him to be involved. If if he's good enough to do this and we know he's going to make us a better organization, then I would prefer that we not lose a whole year with decisions that are made without him that he's going to have to inherit that will affect us for at least another year. So I, I knew that we had to do it in this window or else if we were waiting until the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, June 15th, then he was going to have zero impact on coaches, staff, trades, uh, for the most part, drafting strategy and vision for next year. Uh, there was some speculation, some discussion when the uh, rumors about uh, Shannon uh, came out that this decision was um, moved up in the time frame because the National Hockey League felt there may be a conflict of interest in his, cur- his previous job. Um, while awaiting um, to take over as president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that accurate? Did that play a role? It's a good uh, question. What I would say is that was an understanding with Gary and I from the minute I called him and asked for permission, Right, is that we were going to have to do this quickly. This couldn't be one where uh, Brendan sat on it for a month, or we sat on it for a month. It couldn't be one where we go in and spend two or three weeks doing a background check. Uh, it couldn't be one where 
uh, we interviewed two or three other people at the same time. We, we, we knew that there was a very short window before the playoffs began and that we couldn't put him in a position of ultimately making the decisions he's making at the NHL with other teams and yet interviewing to take over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we, we, we knew we had a short window. We knew that the minute we made him an offer, he had to say yes or no quickly. And we knew the minute he said yes, he, we had to make it uh, effective immediately to get him out of the conflict at the league office. Tim, how does this change your day-to-day responsibility vis-a-vis the Toronto Maple Leafs? What will be different from this day forward um, that you had to do over the past, well, since you got to Toronto? Anything? Uh, well, it's going to take more of my time, actually, to to begin to ingrain Brendan into the business side, uh, into understanding the rest of our company, into ultimately helping him begin to get his feet uh, wet on the hockey side of the Leafs. So there, there will be some period of time where I actually probably have to spend more time than I was. I'll, I'll have to make sure that the relationship and the transition with him and Dave is a good one and a smooth one. I can tell you after a couple of days, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. We, we went to dinner last night and spent three hours together, and that gave me great confidence. Dave Nonis is a good man, and, and he is a smart man, and he understands that we're driven to winning. And we're gonna we're gonna bring in good, smart people that will help us get there. And he sees Brendan as a, a real opportunity for him to have another hockey mind and another voice and and another uh, guy that has great relationships with some ideas on how we can improve. And quite frankly, it's better that he's bouncing those kinds of ideas, those kinds of trades, those kinds of of decisions off of Brendan Shanahan than Tim Lywicky. All of that said, Tim, um, given the way the season ended, was there any discussion or consideration of giving Brennan, allowing Brennan to come in with a clean slate uh, in terms of the hockey operation to start with, from scratch and to hire his own general manager? Uh, I would say that Brendan and I had uh, several long conversations about Dave, and we both agreed that that was an, a, a good asset and a good resource for him, that, I, that we both agreed we didn't want Brendan to be the GM uh, because he had a bigger, more important role. And I didn't, if he was out scouting uh, uh, junior hockey league games, we were in deep trouble here. At the same time, we both agreed that if, if Dave went away tomorrow and he went out and ultimately said, I'm going to hire a new GM, I'm not sure you find a better GM than Dave Nonis for this particular situation based on the knowledge and the experience he currently has with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think it allows Brendan an enormous advantage to have a guy here that knows his way around the room and, and knows what we need to do. And the two of them will work through the year and see how that relationship evolves and develops. And at the end of the year, this time next year, hopefully May or June, We'll sit down and have a conversation about how it went and go from there. Let me let me just sound like a fan here for a second, because hearing that, a fan might say, a Leaf fan might say, that's great, but you want to change the culture. You want to change the result. No one's satisfied with what happened this year with the team, and yet you're endorsing a guy who put that team together. That was the boss. So how, how, do, you, how do you answer that side of it? Uh, I think I'm endorsing a guy that's going to be the GM now reporting into a Hall of Famer that I would say based on his 21 years of playing the game, his five years at the league office, he's going to bring us uh, 
a different mindset. He's going to bring us different experience. He's going to bring us different leadership. And the fact is, is as much as I, I do like Dave as the GM, Dave now reports to Brendan Shanahan. If that's not a cultural change, if that's not a significant change in where we're headed as an organization, then uh, I, I, I don't know what else uh, except a complete cleansing uh, would be more dramatic than that. We, we have a new guy that is ultimately going to chart a new course here, and I think Dave Nones will help. But I think at the end of the day, let us be clear, the personality and, and the vision that's being ingrained in this organization going forward is Brendan Shanahan. Uh, anything else on the Shanahan thing from I'm, you, Mr. Brown? No, I'm good. I, I know where you're going. Before we let you go, um, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't ask you how things are developing with uh, BMO Field and uh, the purchase potentially of the Toronto Argonauts by MLSE. Uh, good on the first part, which is we, we continue to make progress at getting through the province and, the, and the, uh, the federal conversations to find the matching funds, and we hope we get that done soon. We feel the pressure of getting after this in order to have Phase 1 done for the Pan Am Games next year. Uh, in addition to that, we are beginning, now that I have Brendan Shanahan here, we're having a whole new kind of conversation with the NHL and the Winter Classic. It's going along much better than it was a week ago, so that's good news. Mm-hmm. Um, as to the Argos, I think for us, first and foremost, we have to finish the deal on the renovation of BMO and politically get that put to bed, and then we'll deal with whether it's a lease for the Argos and someone else owns them, or our board of directors makes a decision to buy them uh, and they become a part of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. I guess you one last thing, Tim, because in, in it recently, in the last little while, in kind of sports business circles in this city, there have been rumbles that maybe you weren't entirely happy with being in Toronto. You know, a lot of people talked about the winter and that maybe didn't like the winter here. I can understand that. I didn't like it either. But that, <laughs> but maybe that you had were rethinking your long-term future in Toronto. I just wonder if you could comment on that. I think what I want to do here is, is build a organization where all three teams are going at the same time. And so that that's my commitment is there going to be you know am i here for the next 20 years no that's part of what we're doing with brendan shanahan and Masai and and with tim bez and and the people we put in place here so i i don't ever want to mislead people and make them think that i'm going to retire at the ripe old age of 75 or 80 years old at maple leaf sports and entertainment that said, I've been asked to do a, a job here, and the number one priority for me is to make sure I'm accountable to the fans and to the media and to our owners here, which is we got to get all three of these teams going at the same time. We're two out of three, and we unfortunately have work to do on the one that I know matters the most, which is the Maple Leafs, but I think we took a pretty good step today. Tim, good of you to take time for us today. We appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bob. Cheers. Tim Lewicki, President, CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Take a little break. Brunt and I will come back and chat about what you just heard. This is Primetime on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Networks. Like free sports tickets, trips, and memorabilia so you can trick your friends, colleagues, and mistresses into thinking that you're some sort of high roller? Hey, join the club. Welcome to the club. The Fan Club. Log on to Sportsnet590.ca.
17 before the hour. Before we get back to leaf stuff, um, some Blue Jay news. Maestro Astoros hurt himself in the dugout. Yeah, slipped on the step. Um, MCL, ACL. ACL repair? LCL repair. Uh, and if he needs surgery, and first recommendation is he does, you're looking at four to six months, which basically means uh, adios this year. Yeah. Which is too bad. He was having a, had a nice little start to the season, but um, well, up until the last couple of games. But in the you know in a in a scenario in which the Jays are good, um, he's not going to be your most significant guy. Yeah, I mean, look, we we feel badly. We hope. Yeah, I just he he looked a little bit this year like the guy they thought they were signing last year when and he had a really nice start, especially at the plate. Yeah, but uh, you know if he's a you know call him he's a utility infielder effectively they they're loaded with utility infielders. That's the strength of this organization right now. Yep. So uh, they've got other guys, but it's it is too bad for him because it's I say he had a really nice little start and uh, looked comfortable. You know he didn't look comfortable at any time last year, and he looked like he was in better shape too. That might which maybe had something to do with it. What the injury? No, he. That's he, why he tried to hop up the stairs. Maybe he's yeah, maybe a little too spry, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get some more on that uh, coming up, and, and again, he's going to get a second opinion on it. Yeah, well, about the surgery, but boy. All right, so um, you heard what you heard. What did you make of all that? Why it's. It is it is a bit of a puzzlement. Um, you know, I just heard Tim Lewicki say that two of the three teams are fixed, so he's only got one to go. And I think that's kind of an interesting take on the on the Raptors and Toronto FC. Never, we won't talk about Toronto FC, but you think you know the Raptors kind of this has been kind of a lovely. It's been a great story. They're in the playoffs. They're number three seed in the East. Um, but I'm not sure. It Depends on your definition of fixed. You'd like to think that fixed means um, there's a championship banner hanging from the air canada center yeah that's fixed yeah and i think that or that you're on your way to that or you've made no some great i don't think or- you're on your way to it i think you got to get there yeah and i, I not- think if you're the president of maple Leaf sports and entertainment your objective isn't to be good yeah your objective is to win a championship yes or multiple championships well and i like every we all like Masai, and i you know and it's been a, and i say it's been a great story um but i'm not sure that getting rid of rudy gay and then having all kinds of amazing things happen is a culture change it's maybe it's a happy fluke but god love them and they're in the playoffs and it's a great story but I, yeah it's just that notion that okay we got this one done tick so we'll go on to the next one which would be the least no, the most and, revealing thing about those those two conversations was in my mind tim lewicki's on his way out yeah i think he's passing through yeah and his stop is going to be a lot less than uh, a lot shorter than he anticipated initially well you and i both heard that rumble mm-hmm. before for all kinds of reasons including the climate but it did sort of sound like he thinks sixty six percent of his job is done here. Um, you think he'll be here a year from now? Uh, if, uh, if I had to choose, no. I would say no. I, I agree with you. Yeah. If I was if I was a betting man, I would bet no. Um, so how does that play into Brendan Shanahan? If if Tim Lewicki does go expeditiously, if he does leave, many you know right away people started talking about Brendan Shanahan being groomed to take over from Tim Lewicki. That can't happen. No, but it doesn't really have to happen either, does it? Right? It, you know, well, they're going to have to bring somebody in. Yeah, but you to run, replace Lewicki. But the business is humming along. The money making part of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, I don't have many worries about. And he's got the stadium. You know, the stadium gambit is an interesting one with uh, with BMO Field. And there's you know there there's still there are rumbles about the NFL that he's and he's had a hand in that with uh, with Tannenbaum and John Bon Jovi. So that's on the go. Um, but I think the fact is, you if you hand the keys to the Toronto Maple Leafs to Brendan Shanahan and say this is this is a a he's the guy that is going to change the culture of the Toronto Maple Leafs and make them successful, and uh, that everybody's going to jump up and take notice because he was a great hockey player, and you know no one's the expectation probably would not be that that's going to happen instantly, 
but I guess the optics would be I have handed this over um, to a hockey guy. I am not a hockey guy, and Lewicki said that a million times. Here's a hockey guy, and now it's in good hands, and it will progress into the future. We'll see. So, you know, that would give, give you kind of a way to get out the door if that's what you were looking for. I wonder what the reason, if, if Tim Lewicki indeed has shortened his projected stay to, I'm going to get out of here as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather, um, a horrible winter, uh, a dysfunctional board. I think that's a pretty good possibility. Uh, lots of stories about cat fighting between Bell and Rogers at the board table. Easy to imagine, given the current circumstances. Um, Larry Tannenbaum, um, who makes a whole bunch of decisions and then sours on people immediately, and they on him too. To some, in, to some extent. Correct. Um, I mean, these are all the possible reasons why Lewicki is apparently, it would seem, not as satisfied with his job or happy about this job as you'd hope he was. Yeah, and I guess what you try and do then, and again, I'm not going to, not making all these assumptions, but I guess what you try and do then, the best option would be to come in, declare victory, and leave. Well, he declared two-thirds of a victory. Correct. That's, I believe that's what he just did. And, you know, and I say, God love them and God love the Raptors. Toronto FC, we'll see. They spent a lot of money. We'll see what happens. Um, and that's the sport that, you know, Tim Lewicki's most well-versed in is MLS. I think he did a very good job with the Galaxy. It's interesting. It's hard for me to imagine that Tannenbaum and the board brought this guy in to stick a couple Band-Aids on things and then uh, get out of town. I don't think that was the idea at all. Uh, and I'm not sure it was Lewicki's idea either. But something has happened. To cause Tim Lewicki to want to expedite his departure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, you know, without putting, you know, he, he, and he didn't say that, um, but he also didn't say, he didn't, I'm settling in for the long haul here. Well, I, I mean, I, he said he it. He didn't say it was his dream job or anything like that, I don't know. And, and I, I, I have, there are all kinds of things he could have said, but he, what he, I think what he said to us was, I'm out of here soon. That's what he said. Yeah. And as soon six months, a year, 18 months, it's hard for me to imagine, based on what I've just heard, that he's going to be here beyond 18 months from now. Which is not... Well, when, when he arrived with great fanfare, I believe well, that Well, he was, said, I'm not going to be here in 20 years. I'm not, going to, I'm not here for the long haul. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be 80 years old and still doing this. Yeah. Doing this. He didn't say he was going to retire. I, I think he's... I think this jo- either the job or the city is not what he'd hoped it would be. He's not satisfied with this. I think Tim Lewicki is looking for some- the next thing or will begin looking for the next thing, which means that Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment is going to have to go find the next Tim Lewicki too. Yes, who will face the same, exactly the same challenges. It's a very, it is a herding cats kind of situation, I think, on the uh, at the board level. So it'd be a tough organization to run right now. Now, again, it's not tough because... You have, an, you have incredible consumer base, big, rich city. You've got a, you're the only game in town. It's, it's, a great, it's great in that sense. But I, you know, the, as mentioned, you know, Rogers, Bell, and Tannenbaum, you know, managing that triumvirate would be very, very difficult, I think. Not managing them, but taking your marching orders from them. Right. Uh, Barry Trotz is not going to be back as uh, the bench coach of the Nashville Predators. Only coach they've ever had. Um, is he, you'd have to think he's a candidate if the Leafs decide to make a coaching change. 
sometimes a coaching change is made simply because there's somebody available that you like better than the guy you got. Is that a possibility? We'll uh, continue our conversation on the uh, day's events, the arrival of Brendan Shanahan, the retaining of Dave Nonis, and um, the possible future of Randy Carlisle. Uh, Primetime continues in a couple minutes on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Networks.